Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Well, John, I have some good news and I have some bad news. What do you want want first? Well, hit me with the bad news first so we can rebound if anybody's still listening with the good news. Well, the bad news is um, this is now our worst ever episode. Oh, why? Uh, since it's our second episode, so it's probably worse than the first one, right? So, I mean, <laughs> right away, it just becomes our worst episode, I think. By default, you're right. We had, like, years of talking and being buds and hanging out and texting nearly daily to get prepared for the first one, and then we're just going to come out with this pile of crap. Yeah, so that's uh, that's pretty much where we are now, I guess. I was hoping you were going to say that you wanted the good news first, because I was going to say, well, the good news is this is our second ever podcast. True. And then, I mean, as usual, you kind of you kind of drop the ball there, but... Hey, it is what it is, I guess. <laughs> Listen, I've always warned you, we're working together as something professional. There's a high probability I'm going to screw it up and screw it up often. Yep, and uh, so far, I guess, in that regard, you, you haven't disappointed. Hey, hey, I, I, I am living up to expectations. Set the bar low and keep it there. So after disappointing you so horrifically, Joel, I, I, I figure, though, you being the craft beer guy, I can impress you with tonight's recording beer of choice. I've taken... Nokomis Pale Ale out of Nokomis Saskatchewan. You know what I love? I love the fact that they actually put, like, the address on here. Yeah. Like, First Avenue East in Nokomis, S-O-G-3-R-O. That's how you know it's local. And uh, normally I'm not much of a can guy, but, man, this stuff out of a can is delightful. Yeah, I cracked into one of those the other day, and I have to tell you, that, that beer in a can is just it's taken to a whole new level. 
I'm sticking locally too. Well, local-ish. I mean, I'm, it's not from Regina, but I'm going down to Swift Current. I've cracked a nice uh, little can of Blackbridge IPA! Exclamation point. Ooh, is it like super IPA? Hence the exclamation point, or is it just that delicious when it touches your lips? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't actually know. I've never actually asked why they put an exclamation point on there, but hey, they do, and uh, I guess that's that's what they call it. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I, I think we now have an investigative mission here, Jules, to find out I know why some, the exclamation point. I know some people I can ask around, I guess. You have your people call their people, <laughs> and it's kind of one of those situations. I didn't know you had people, but you have people, and this makes you more impressive to me. My people is me asking questions, but yeah. Fair enough. I think Fair that's enough. Anyway, enough of this. There's a lot to get to this week, so we're just going to get right into it. Uh, hang on, we're going to talk a little bit about Charleston Hughes, of course. We're going to talk mm. a little bit about what the Riders might and should do in free agency. And I learned some very shocking news this past week about our good friend and someone I thought I respected in the Regina Leader Post, Rob Vanstone. You yeah, don't want to hang yeah. around for this because I, this is truly this shocking news. I have lost all respect for Mr. Vanstone. You know, I, used to, I, I love his stuff, but you know what? Now, every time I read it, I'll be full of disgust. It's unbelievable. You'll just, you'll just have to hang around for this. That, that's what we call a tease, kids. That's what that we call or, it. I guess, you know, people can hit fast forward and try to find it and get that awkward, like, and then take things without context. Yeah, I mean, this isn't like radio where you actually had to listen for a while. You could just skip to any part of the show you want, or you could probably, as you have by now at this point, just turn us off. But but who listens to radio these days, anyways? I mean, come on. That's why you and I are both on our couches. I'm a I, I'm now at Oakwood Nissan, and you are a beer cooper. Yeah, yeah, something like that. It's uh, around there. Anyway, <clears throat> so the big news I think in Saskatchewan this week right now is news that I don't think a lot of us ever really like to talk about. There's the stuff that happens off the field sometimes, and this time it involves one of the lightning rods of the CFL into Ron Carter. Mm-hmm. as he's got into a little bit of uh, pot possession issues because, <clears throat> for some reason, he decided it was a good idea to take it to the airport. Now, <laughs> I don't know how you think that, how you get to that point, how you don't think that through a little bit more. That's neither here nor there. Part Really part that matters here is the one in Winnipeg where it seems like he had a sizable amount of marijuana on him. So that could lead to some trouble. I don't imagine it'll be too suggestive too strong unless they can some unless they figure that he is trafficking but I don't think there's any reason to believe that he is at this point no. so uh, all we really can do is really just let this let the process play itself out and see where it lands I don't think this is anything the writers shouldn't cut him for it it shouldn't end no. his career you know maybe Chris Jones talked to him just talks to him about making smarter decisions because frankly the only thing you can say really about this whether he's guilty or not at this point and right now he's innocent until proven guilty was that this was dumb. Yeah, and I mean, there's no if, ands, or doubts, uh, doubts uh, you know, no if, ands, or buts about it. There we go, second try. Easy for you to say. Uh, yeah, that's right. I, I, I'm clearly not a professional talker anymore, but you're absolutely right. Like, it's just a bonehead move. I, I know it's, like, kind of almost legal, like, as of July, but, again, nobody really has talked about what he got busted with here in Saskatoon. I think the assumption, considering I believe he was at the Kinsman dinner the very next night, I'm assuming it was very small, relatively minor, um, but you're right. If you actually look up how much weed he had on him when he flew through Winnipeg, pretty substantial amount. Uh, but who doesn't 
catch that like when you're getting on the plane. Like every time I ever flew anywhere, I've always had my stuff searched and put on my tinfoil conspiracy hat a bit. Everybody knew Deron Carter had NFL interest in this offseason as a defensive back, as a receiver. I mean, he's charismatic. He's great at what he does. NFL teams were looking at him. And then mysteriously, almost out of the clear blue sky, he's re-signed with the Riders. I'm starting to think, though, that although, again, you and I both agree this is relatively minor, won't cost him his career in Saskatchewan, won't cost him his career in the CFL, but I wonder if it hasn't cost him a shot at the NFL. Those teams do a lot more due diligence on their guys and like guys that are robots, and they have no reason to bring on a depth, depth, depth wide receiver slash defensive back if he's got any kind of legal trouble. So I think that maybe in the long run, call me crazy, this might end up being good good for Saskatchewan. I think having Deron Carter in the CFL is a good thing. In Saskatchewan's a good thing. It might end up being good because I think this would be his, given his age, this might have been his last shot at the NFL, and he might have blown it by carrying a whole bunch of weed onto a plane in Winnipeg. It's possible. I, I, don't, I don't know if I really buy into that completely. It's I'm certainly not ready to rule it out, but... I think in, I think for Duran, he he knows it's a good fit here. Chris Jones yeah. lets his guys be his guys, whether that's good or bad is is up isn't really for him to decide. He lets his guys be his guys, and that works for Duran. And maybe that leads to incidents from time to time, and that leads to who knows what behind the scenes. But it's just, it's just what it is. It's a good fit for him. He took a little bit less, you know, overall money. The structure made it work for him to take more money back home to the states, but. Yeah, sure, maybe something like this, because we know in the United States, they, in a lot of places, they take marijuana a lot more seriously than we do up here in Canada. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's a scenario where it maybe, maybe that did play into it, maybe it didn't, I don't know. Either way, we'll just have to see how this plays out going forward for Duran. I think at most, he'll probably face some kind of fine if he's found guilty, and then, you know, we'll probably all just forget about it in a week anyway. Well, and you're absolutely right, especially with legalization being so close on the horizon here in Canada. I can't see, you know, it really turning into anything serious. Now, if it was cocaine, different story, because that's still highly illegal. But marijuana, as we both mentioned, it's as of July, you know, you and I will be able to light a split if we want while recording this thing, which might make it quite interesting because all you hear is the crunch of delicious, delicious nachos in the background. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, uh, no, uh, no female-generated Doritos around here. <laughs> no, we only have the manly Doritos. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't know if I, I don't know if I'd say it like that. Doritos are for everyone. Just let's, let's be let's be clear about that. Uh, was that not the stupidest marketing gimmick you've ever seen? When I first saw that, I was like, "Is this like the Onion?" And like everyone's believing them. Like yeah. it, it made absolutely no sense. But yeah, there's, it's, it's so, clear they they got some attention out of it. Good for them, I guess. I, I guess, and we'll see what it, what it does on sales. Uh, speaking, you know what I am buying? What do you buy? I am buying the Riders' defensive line this year. How about going out and getting Charleston Hughes um, out of the Calgary Stampeders? And again, it's almost one of those situations where you know what. It, I would almost trade for Charleston Hughes. Hughes, leave him my, on my bench just so I never had to play him again. <laughs> Well, if 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 Charleston Hughes was thirty years old, I think at that point, yeah, you would do that. Um, on let's let's so yes, I wrote about this. I uh, wrote about this trade on Three Down Nation the day it happened. I was in I was in the Ottawa airport on a delay when I wrote that, so maybe I was already a little ornery at that point. But 
so my thoughts on this trade are well known, but I want to make be perfectly clear. In in a nutshell, on itself, by itself, in a bubble, no other considerations to how this affects the franchise or what this means for the franchise. 100 times out of 100, you trade Vernon Adams for Charleston Hughes. I'm not suggesting yes. that as a football trade, it was a bad trade. There's yeah. this, I think there's some bigger bigger picture things that we need to talk about in terms of this franchise yeah. and where they're going. But on paper, Vernon Adams, when you have Brandon Bridge, you have Zach Caleros, you have Marquise Williams, you have some other guys they're probably going to bring in, you don't need Vernon Adams. You know, the, the kid still might turn into something, but... On face value for what that is, that is a trade you make 100 times out of 100. Well, especially, too, when you're moving Vernon Adams to a team that you're never going to see. Well, that's not in your division. I mean, you're, yeah. it's the CFL. You're still going to see him. It's not like there's going to be immediate extracted revenge, like you ship them off to Edmonton or something to be the backup for Matt Nichols, because, again, the prophecy has been fulfilled of Kevin Glenn. But uh, you're right, and it all brings up the larger issue. And this is something that actually you've uh, you've been writing about on 3 Down Nation for a long time and, and on Twitter. It, it, it goes back to the fact that, again, the riders are clearly in win now mode with some of these moves but where is the young young talent and i think you said it best on twitter when you pointed out that if calgary's willing to let charleston hughes go that means they've got somebody that they know is going to come up and be just as dangerous and you want to see the riders and the riders said they were going to come out and try to become that and so far they've done a pretty poor job of developing their own talent yeah, I, I think if you look at the roster, if you look at the roster today, it's a very good roster. It's a team yep. that should compete for a Grey Cup. They could be in the running for it this year. I don't, I'm not taking that away from them. But if you look at, say, their top, I don't know, 8, 10, 12 players, how many of them were discovered and developed by Chris Jones and John Murphy? I, I Maybe one, maybe two. Other than yep. that, they're guys that were either, A, already on this franchise, like a Brennan Labatt, or they were established guys like Zach Caleros and Jerron Carter and Ed Ganey and all these guys that became players somewhere else and yeah. then came to Saskatchewan. So if it it all depends on how this what this team really wants to be doing right now. So if the plan has changed, if it's not about being the next Calgary Stampeders where you are constantly developing a pipeline of young Canadians and young Americans that come up and take over for overpaid older guys year after yeah. year after year, as we saw again, this week when they let go of Markway McDaniel. Yep. I mean, this is what they do. This is what Calgary does. Better than any other team in the CFL, better than a lot of teams across professional football, period. Yep. So, if that's not the plan anymore, someone just needs to come out and tell us that, hey, we're all in again. <laughs> this is the, I mean, in 2013, they didn't want to admit they were all in until after the fact that they had already won, and like, yes, we were all in. So yeah. if they're all in, if it's all about winning a great cup this year and forget the future, that's fine. I just want to know. Yeah, well, and that's exactly it. But I think one thing that, that Jones, Murphy, uh, O'Day have done a really good job of, they've done a really good job on selling Saskatchewan to a lot of these guys, right? I mean, you're seeing guys like Deron Carter that are that are superstars they got for absolutely nothing coming in and wanting to stay because, again, they call the fan base, the modern facilities. You know, it's almost like 
they're almost like a, a powerful NCAA team that's got the fanciest training facilities and the yeah. best stadium. And they're finally really using a, a good job of leveraging that. And maybe that's something they didn't expect to do, or maybe that's something they're, you know, just doing a lot better. But it seems to me that, you know, it's become the preeminent free agent destination. I mean, even today with a Darius Bowman signing in Winnipeg, it, it, that sounded like a personal choice of his. I mean, yeah. it sounds like the money was there from Saskatchewan. The opportunity was there from Saskatchewan to go out and get an Adarius Bowman. And that's one thing that this, this new regime, if you still want to call him that, has done a spectacular job of so far is, is, is selling guys on the province and selling guys in the organization. And that's really not hard to do, but I think they leverage it better than, than, than previous regimes. You, you didn't see a lot of those marquee free agents, you know, wanting to make Regina their home. Now you got guys that are trying to make it their home all year round. Yeah, and I, I, that's that's something that has obviously changed with this franchise, and I think the new stadium above everything else has obviously helped that. They've moved... Oh, from, certainly. It, the, the facilities are second to none right now in the CFL, and it's an easy sell. And once you start getting those veteran guys in, this is a small league. People talk. Yeah. People across this league talk. Everyone knows everyone. So they've reached a point now where I think there's enough of a reputation here for this group. When I mean this group, I mean Chris Jones. I mean uh, John Murphy, Jeremy O'Day, the whole shebang. Everyone involved, they say, you know what? This is a good group of guys to play for. Come here and let's do this. Because I will give, I will always give Chris Jones credit for being one hell of a head coach, one hell of a yeah. football coach. He definitely has that down. I still have some questions about whether he's a personnel guy or not, but I will never yeah. question how good of a coach he is because he clearly is, and it's he's been able to coach a group for the last couple of years and gotten more out of them than was was originally expected. So if you have that, you if a guy believes in a coach, that's really the most important thing. And so Chris Jones is able to sell that because he lets his guys be his guys, and it's a, he has a system that's proven it's, that works, and guys love to play for him. No, no, and that's and that's absolutely true. And I mean, I I just think ahead to to next season. Jones loves speaking of his coaching. He loves that that three defensive lineman. You know, yeah. fans can love it or hate it. He loves that three defensive lineman look. And and, and with Charleston Hughes and Jefferson, you're going to be able to get so much pressure with just those three guys. You're going to be able to do so many different things defensively that. You know what, that, that Ryder D next year is going to be really interesting. I think they're going to give a lot of teams troubles by, you know, being innovative, being smart, and, and once again, letting Chris Jones do his thing. Yeah, if you're going to uh, if you're going to run out the three-man rush as much as Chris Jones does, then you might as well have the, the best guys you can find do it. Now, what, what the Riders are looking at with this D-line right now is a fairly short window. I mean, Willie yep. Jefferson has a number. He still has a few years left in him. I'm not worried about him. There's still some, you know, they, Nick James in the middle could be a guy. He showed some promise, but they still don't really have that plug in the middle yet to really push the pocket forward. And yep. then Charleston Hughes, he, we don't know. He, he he has the history. There's nothing to suggest that he's slowing down. But, I mean, last year, John Chick fell off the map. And before that, he had a good year in Hamilton. So when you get into that range, anything's possible. So if they're doing this, this needs to strike and this needs to happen fast. Or else suddenly this starts to look like a bad trade. 
Yeah, and, and no, ab- absolutely. But again, like you said, anytime you can get rid of a, a, a depth, I mean, Vernon Adams is essentially a depth quarterback at, at this point, you mm-hmm. know, for a starting D lineman, you know, you're doing, you know, you're doing things quite well. And then it just gets it gets me thinking ahead here, though, to to free agency, Joel. And, and yeah. again, we don't want to go in depth and player by player and name by name. I mean, Three Down Nation is going to have you covered for all of that. But for I mean, for the two of us, to me, it, it, there's a couple guys out there. I know Nick Dembski looks like he's going to hit the free agent market. Yeah. I'm surprised the Riders are letting him go only because he's got some versatility. He hasn't put up the big numbers that even I thought he would when he came out of the University of Manitoba. I watched him firsthand while covering the Huskies. But uh, I, I think free agency is maybe where the Riders have to continue using those advantages and, and, and start filling a need. And to me, that need is Canadians all over the place. I mean, you can't, if you can't draft them, you might as well go out and try to buy them. And I think that starts by I think that starts coming here in free agency. Yeah, that's probably the route they're going to have to go. They have uh, this is how I felt about their Canadian depth the last little while. They've kind of for the most part shored up those seven starters. They yep. need the guys behind them. They need you preferably you would like to start eight or nine so that if a guy gets hurt it doesn't matter. You don't have to yep. put another Canadian in his spot. So you always want to do that. That's what they did very well in 2013. I remember on that roster you could argue there was maybe 10 guys who could probably start. I think they started eight or nine usually, but you could probably have about 10 on that team that actually started. So that's what they need to do. They need to shore up that depth a little bit. Now, the problem when you go into free agency looking for Canadians is the Canadians know that about half the league has to be them. So they get money, they get paid, and that makes it difficult to buy your Canadians compared to drafting and developing them. So the draft is obviously still going to be very important for them. There might be a few guys that they'll be able to snag on the free agency list, but that's more or less what they have to do. As for Nick Dembski, I'm not really that surprised. I think it might be time for him to move on and get a fresh start somewhere else. It just, it never really took off for him here. It yeah. just, for whatever reason, it just, I don't know if he, maybe he isn't a pro, that there might be enough of a sample for him now that he's not a starting Canadian in this league. It just didn't work out for whatever reason. He can still help a team in various ways, but I think at this point the Riders can find someone else who can fill that role, whether they're Canadian or not, and pick up the Canadian slack somewhere else. And, and no, you're absolutely right. I mean, I, I, it's taking a look at some of the guys. I, I wouldn't mind. I mean, I always say that it's never a bad idea to add more Canadian depth, especially along the offensive line. I mean, you look at Kurt, Kurt, uh Kirby Fabian out of BC, he was one of their guards. If you can go out and get him, and and I don't know what you do with him really, but I, that's one spot I'd like to see. And you know, other guy I'd like them to see come pick up. Like also with again the correct passport is honestly Anthony Parker. Uh, had a he hasn't had any massive years, but I think he'd be a nice compliment to what they're doing in Saskatchewan because again, all that attention. You know, I get so many balls to so many people, but. All that attention to me is is going to some of the American talent that they have on this team, and rightfully so. But I think if you're going to let Nick Dembski walk, maybe you get Anthony Parker. He's coming off of a, a bit of a down year. I don't think you're going to have to pay a lot for him. I don't know if a lot of teams are going to be out really bidding a ton for Anthony Parker. I think Dembski, to me, has a little bit more upside just from, again, physicality and versatility. Uh, maybe you slide in and get a guy like Parker and you pair him with Robin Bag. Yeah, there's certainly a possibility there. They did re-sign Bailey recently as well. Was a Canadian who showed a yeah. little bit of uh, promise, and he might be—he's a guy that can probably step up, and he will compete with Rob Bag for that starter, starting Canadian receiver. Rob Bag, maybe not the pass catcher he once was, but still provides tremendous value to the team in terms of the blocking and the the routes that he runs to make things work for the offense. So there's no question there. So. 
There is another name out there free agency-wise right now that's come up on 3-Down Nation. Uh, our boy Justin Dunk reporting that the Riders might have some interest in Jerome Messam, another oh. aging guy. What, what is your first thoughts when you hear about that? My first thought is do it. I mean, I saw on Twitter today he announced that he's not going to be there. I mean, he gives you durability. He gives you power running. He gives you, you know, the Riders had some nice performances out of the backfield last year. But I think if they got went out and got a guy like Messam, A, he's a total ratio buster. Uh, and, and, and B, I mean, he, I think he's still got lots left in the tank. I just I I'd love to see them go out and get Messam because to me that's that's one spot they're missing. I mean, you look at what Winnipeg can do when starting Andrew Harris, and and again Saskatchewan has enough Canadian depth that it's not like the last time they had Jerome Messam, and when Messam went down, it was just a oh no, we have to take away from these different positions here. I think getting Jerome Messam gives you the ability with their combined Canadian depth because at least if he goes down in a game, whatever gets injured, you still have players you can brought out there you don't have to completely change your lineup i mean i mean like we've seen the riders have to do in the past when the depth was a little thinner but i think oh, i i think they should go up and get him and just give him that starting running back spot he's been in saskatchewan before he was well like he's a terrible interview but i mean hey i mean that's that that's no fault on him as a football player yeah i, I think there certainly certainly should be some interest there depending on how much it costs and i mean they did pick up uh, augustine in the super secret necklace draft uh, a couple of weeks ago, and he was the guy that showed very well at the combine last year here in Regina as part of CFL Week because he he was he, he, I was there with uh, with Dunk with Drew Edwards with uh, John Hodge. We all watched him, and we were all talking about we, this seems like a Chris Jones guy. This he would fit yep. into the offense. He was a great blocker. He could catch out of the backfield. He was showing very well in those types of things. Now I don't know what happened. I don't know why he never got drafted outright, but. It is rare for a Canadian to end up on an egg list, and he got picked up by the Riders now. So if they can sign him, I mean, he's a guy that might be able to provide a little bit of depth there behind Messam or whoever they end up going with, and he might be able to, you know, fill in occasionally from time to time. Some people have thought maybe he's a Rob Cote type guy. I don't know if he's going to end up being that good, but the skills are certainly there for him. So there are options, and they're working at it. It's not that they're not trying. They just haven't been successful at building that Canadian depth so far. No, but I I mean, you said it exactly. If you can get Augustine and you can get Jerome Messam, pair them together, make that a truly Canadian position. And again, the the reviews I I heard from all you guys, from him down at CFL Week, I wasn't there, were just absolutely glowing. I think that's a one-two punch that you can count on. And... Anytime you can start a Canadian there. I mean, that always seems to be the problem with the with the Canadian going with a Canadian and running back. It's rare that you have the super capable Canadian backup, and I believe that could happen. And I would honestly, I would love to see I'd love to see that pairing. And I think it would shore up one of the few holes they had on offense. I know they had some good performances, but you know, it was never consistent. It was never reliable. I think Jerome Messam could give you exactly I mean he still had a thousand yards last year, nine touchdowns and just People have to respect him while he's back there, right? It just makes everything else more effective. Play action, you name it. Yeah, absolutely. And I I think at the bottom line, even if Augustine doesn't turn out to be much this year, at the very least, he will be much cheaper than Keenan LaFrance. So there's a, at the oh, very yeah. least, there's money freed up for some of, something else. Like a plate of nachos, perhaps. Hey, a delicious nachos, which I also alluded to, which <laughs> you and I, I think, are both on the same same thought. Nachos, to me, is like a top 10 go-to at-the-bar food 
You get a pile of them. You have a lot. It's cheese. It's meat. It's crispy chips, salsa, hot sauce, jalapenos, if you want. I, I will admit, uh, some of my favorite nachos actually come from the Nutana Curling Club, my home curling club. Man, I just, ah, I love nachos. I am so, I wasn't hungry, Joel. I had ribs for supper, yeah. but now I'm suddenly hungry. Well, you haven't had nachos until you've had nachos from Bushwhackers in Regina. Hmm, I think I might have to pay a visit. I am coming down to the Briar, so I so, think we might yeah. have to pay a little visit You know what then. we're doing. But I know who we're not going to invite to that, or maybe we should just to torture them. That would be the Regina Leader Post, Rob Vanstone, who I learned last week on Twitter... I can't remember who originally sent out the tweet that Rob apparently does not like nachos. And it just, Ugh. it completely blew my mind out of, you know, out of everyone that I would think, like, Rob? Rob loves food. Yeah. Just like just like me, just like you, you know, we're, we're pigs, we love food, so does Rob. And the fact that he doesn't like chips with oven-baked cheese and spice on it, just, I, I, I couldn't wrap my head around it. I, I was literally flabbergasted, probably for about 10 minutes. I, 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 when I saw that, I, I like I said at the beginning when we were alluding to it, I, I did lose basically all respect for Rob Vanstone, and I will be filled with disgust every time I read it because I just think I think he he loses all credibility when he doesn't like the nachos. I mean, seriously, it's cheese and chips, melty <laughs> delicious cheese. How can you go wrong? I don't know. He must, it must be it must be the salsa or something because I mean you could even get like meat, you can get like chicken, you can get. Olives, if you're into that, there's all kinds of different options that you can put on nachos. And, I mean, guac, sour cream, like, come on. Oh, 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 yes. You got to get the guac. Got to get the guac. Chicken and guac. Chicken is the better nacho meat. The ground beef makes everything soggy and gets everywhere. You got to have the chicken. So, I don't know. I also, be being a former reporter, did a little bit of digging while someone actually did for me. Um, uh, source... An anonymous source that I'm going to name anyway because it doesn't really matter because we're talking about food. Bianca Millions, formerly of CTV Regina, now with CTV Edmonton. When she yep. found out that Mr. Banstone does not appreciate nachos, found out that Rob also, and this is gonna, this one's really gonna blow your mind because I don't think you actually know this. Rob right. doesn't like poutine either. What? Yes. So no poutines and double doubles for Rob. No. Well, grab your poutine and a double double. Who doesn't like poutine? I, I, have to, I have to grab a poutine and add it. Like I, I'm to the point. Like I'll even like devour poutine chips. Yeah. This is this. Rob Van. I can Rob Vanstone. No, no, no. I just. I. You know what? Every time I read one of his excellently written articles and see him on Twitter, I just. I'll, I'll never be able to look at him the same way. He's. Can we take like? Is he secretly American? I don't know. Don't Americans love nachos? Because, I mean, it's it's fairly Mexican, isn't it? And they love Mexican mm. food, especially in the South. Maybe he's secretly Swedish? I don't know. I know very little about this. I know lots about beer. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to go back to my Nokomis and, and pour one out on the curb for Mr. Vanstone. All I really have to say, and uh, this is probably the best way to end it, is you think you know someone. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. 
Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, Information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.